All right, remain standing. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke 24. We stand in honor of the preaching of the reading of God's Word. Luke 24, then we'll go to Acts 1, then we'll go to Acts 2, then we'll go to the book of Genesis and read the entire Bible. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Luke 24, we do have notes for you, and we'd encourage you to go ahead and fill those notes in as we move along. Are you ready? Luke 24, starting in verse 45, then we'll go to Acts 1, then Acts 2. If you're ready, say yay. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Verse 49, read it together. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city till you have been clothed with power from on high. Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. When he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Then they worshipped him, returning to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Go to Acts chapter 1. And if I could have just a touch of monitor, please. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father pro promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the times and dates. The father has said in his own authority, but you will receive power. You'll receive what? power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Final scripture found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you did in this service and for what you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We have uh, relaunched some of the things in our church to simplify mission, to simplify vision. And they say you really need to do that. Rebrand yourself about every five years now, given the global, uh, global communications that we now have and the internet and so on and so forth. So we have a new mission statement stated very simply as this. Experience life with people, power, and purpose. Say it with me. Experience life with people, power, and purpose. So we've done a very simple series, and uh, this is the... The third message in the series, we talked about experiencing life. First of all, to recap that message, or bring it to your remembrance again, that without Jesus, there's no life. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and life to the full or my life more abundant. The devil comes, it says in John 10 and 10, to steal, kill, and destroy. So clearly in Scripture, if you have Jesus, you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. And so you, you could have a, a bank account 
loaded with money. You could have all kinds of fame. You could have all kinds of, of fortune. You could be elected to the highest office in land. But if you don't have Jesus, you might be successful in the eyes of people, but you won't have real life, the life that Scripture talks about. So I did a whole series, whole message on that. The second message in this series was with people. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, people, people. I know one pastor who's no longer a pastor, which is probably good. He said, I love the ministry, but people, people, people. Yeah, I think he needed some healing. People. The church, the, the, the name in the Greek, the Koine Greek for church is, is um, uh, ekklesia. It's actually a legal term. Ekklesia are those who are called out, as, as we have representatives running for office today with us, they're called out from a, from a group to vote. And when they would vote, that would be the law then. That would be it, the ecclesia. It's, it's, it's a term and a, a legal term, really, a governmental term. So when, when God called the, the, us the church, it's, church is a poor definition of ecclesia. Because you just think, oh, church, four walls, steeple. If you didn't know, steeple's not even a, a biblical thing. It, it's, it's, it's a symbol. You can imagine what symbol that would be. It's not found in Scripture. The cross is a good symbol. Steeples were not originally from, they added those. Ecclesia, church. We're supposed to be a people that are called out, worshiping together. And when you look at 1 John, it talks about how our fellowship is one with another and, and with him. Literally, salvation is, is complete, of course, when you receive Jesus. But it worked out with people. Somebody said, well, I just want to go to the mountain and have church on the mountain. Experience God on the mountain. I experienced God on the mountain too. But you can't throw away this. Ephesians talks about the nios of God, that literally when God's people assemble, he comes and fills that and does something different than when you're on the mountain. So that was people. And today, power. Everybody say power. power. Experience life with people, power, and purpose. So power today. Power. Um, I don't know if, if you have ever misplaced your charging cord for your phone, but that is like a great tragedy when that happens. <laughs> I was at a wedding just the other week, and uh, the, the dear friend of ours was running the sound and doing the mix of music, and we've gone through the, uh, the pronouncement and uh, vows and odes, and so now we're at the reception, and, uh, you know, the, the dance is coming up, the, you know, all of that, and uh, his phone is dead. It's only got a few percentage points left. And he, he, he walks over to us and he says, do any of you guys have a cube of destiny? You know, a cube that you can plug your phone in because if you don't have power to your phone, I mean, you're not going to be able to take those amazing selfies that you like to take. You know, here's a problem. You can't post up to Instagram. Come on, you can't keep track. You can't make a phone call. You can't get any text. And God knows you probably die right then. Power. You need power for your phone. How many of you like power at your house? You know, generators are an amazing thing. I remember, Mom, you might remember, years ago, Highwood Road, and we had an ice storm in Long Island that took out power for seven to ten days. Now, as a, as a wee lad, I thought that was amazing. I don't think my parents thought it was too cool having to fill the bathtubs with water and having to, you know, get ready for, for all of that. And when it came, we had no power, and our neighbors came across. It was a giant camp out for like seven days. It was awesome as a seven-year-old. But if you don't have power, it's a major problem. If you don't have power, I remember hearing a story from Dr. Morocco, my pastor and our, our senior leader over our worldwide network. 
He remember him telling a story in Detroit, they lost power and he couldn't catch a plane. There was no power in Detroit. The entire airport shut down and he was able to get a rental car and drive to St. Louis all night. He drove to St. Louis and made it to his next flight. But without power, you're not flying, you're not going, you're not texting. I mean, we wouldn't have lights right now. Wow, power. In the spiritual realm, write in your notes now, in the spiritual realm, we need power as well to face three enemies. Now, Scripture talks about three enemies we have, and they very simply are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Those are the three enemies for us, the world, the flesh, the devil. First John 2 and 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Wow. And the world passeth, King James, passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth, the will of God will abide forever. Flesh, Galatians talks about that. Paul writes to the Galatians, talks about the flesh, the devil. You can look throughout Scripture. These are the three enemies we have, the world, the flesh, the devil. And so, as believers, we're given power over darkness. Power. And I would say the first power you have, what he's given us, he's given us his name. Look at your notes. As believers, we're given what Jesus has done for us. That's his death, his resurrection. We have power through his name. Through his what? Through his name. We have power through the name of? We have power through the name of? At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. We have power through the name of Jesus. I remember early on in receiving the Lord that I would have times of, of, of tremendous uh, difficulty and times of anxiety, and maybe you know what that's like, times of even depression. And I remember waking up in my bed so scared that I was not able to speak. I literally couldn't call for help from my friend or from family. That literally I just was so afraid and I'd open my mouth and nothing would come out. I won't ask you to raise your hand. If that's ever happened to you, that's a demonic assignment on your life. But at the name of Jesus, I learned that that would break. And so I learned that when that would happen, that I would, I'd say Jesus and it would just be like shattering glass and all of a sudden I could breathe. I could, I could speak again and the fear would go and the anxiety would go. The name of Jesus, he has given us with power. There's power in the name of Jesus. In Luke 9, he, Jesus sends out the, the 12, and they go, and they heal the sick, and they set the captives free. In Luke 10, he says he sends out the 72. And verse 17, they return with joy. And they say the 72 return with joy. This is Luke 10, verse 17. And they say, Lord, even demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now that's not talking about Isaiah or Ezekiel and the fall of Lucifer becoming Satan. I don't believe that. I believe that what's happening is the power of God is put on display through the name of Jesus. There's healing signs, wonders, miracles taking place. And as a result, darkness, demonic power in the heavenlies, according to Ephesians, is diminished in that area because of the name of Jesus and because people are going out bringing his kingdom. Listen, church is not four walls. It's the ecclesia. So wherever we go, it's not about a building. It's about a people who live and walk with God and God shows up in and working through and for on his behalf to heal the sick and set the captives free. So the 12 return and they're like, "Woo! we saw amazing things. Jesus says, yep, I saw the power of darkness diminish. 
verse 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power. How much, how much of the power of the enemy? All the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Wow. That's amazing. But there's another power at work that's available for you and for me. And that, very simply, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not for us. So you, you don't want to you want to say it, it's here. It's what's it? Is that cousin it? I mean, you wouldn't call your wife it. You wouldn't call your husband it. At least I hope you wouldn't. And if you do, we have do have marriage counseling, and you can get hold of that number in our guide that's available at the at the connect desk. Did I get it right, babe? Amen. Connect desk. Good. Praise God. It. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16. Those are some of the most complete verses about the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, and he refers to him as a him. He, he will come. Wow. Paul writes uh, about the Holy Spirit, and this Paul was called out as the Holy Spirit spoke uh, in Acts chapter 13. The Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate from me, Paul and Barnabas. The Holy Spirit said, separate from me. And it can't say anything. A soap dish can't speak. In, in Acts chapter 5, it says Ananias and Sapphira grieved the Holy Spirit, lied to the Holy Spirit. Pardon me. They did what? They lied to the Holy Spirit. You can't lie to a soap dish either. The Holy Spirit's a person. And so let's look at some of this. These are, these are eight different things here very quickly from John 14, 15, and 16. He's a counselor as I set this message up on power. He's a counselor. He's a lawyer. Thank God he stands by us and pleads our case and helps us. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's a revealer of truth that guides us, John 14, 16 through 17. He's a teacher, John 14, 26. Reminds us of all that Jesus has said. He reveals Jesus to us, John 15 and 26. He convicts a world of sin, guilt in regards to righteousness. He convicts a world of sin, John 16, 8. He will reveal the future, John 16, 13. Wow. There's prophetic gifting. We have a prophetic conference we've been doing for 23. We just had our 23rd annual prophetic conference. And we do that every year here in February. We've got a prophetic conference and we bring men and bring women in that can hear the voice of God for your situation and prophesy to you. That's amazing. We have, we have people that are trained up here in our own congregation. They can bring forth God's word to you in part mind you, but still, prophetically. He'll reveal the Holy Spirit's one of the gifts of the Spirit. He'll reveal the future to you. He'll bring joy, glory, pardon me, to Jesus. John 16, 14. The Holy Spirit operates to bring glory to Jesus. That's what he does. He's a dispenser of all that God has. Wow. Here's the healing. Let me read it to you. John 16, 15. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Wow. Well, you say, what does that have to do with the text? Um, everything. So let's get into it. Let's take a look at this text as I preach to you for the next 15 or so minutes. The disciples were going to receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon them. And it's a fascinating picture that is painted in the verses that we read. Because you see Luke 24, he says, I'm, I'm going to send you what the Father has promised. What, what? The Father has promised. Stay in the city. You'll be clothed. clothed. This is my favorite jacket I'm wearing right now. I'm clothed with my favorite red wine colored jacket. Clothed. 
But then we read in, in Acts there that it, it's not just closed, but baptized, Acts 1 and 5. Not many days from now, you'll be baptized. So which is it, clothed or baptized? It's, it's both, and actually it, it's, it's more than that. It says you'll receive power in verse 8 of chapter 1. You see, what, what Jesus is describing, what the Word of God is describing, is just describing something that's indescribable. You'll be clothed, you'll be baptized, you'll receive power. I have on the screen pickles. Actually, they're not pickles yet, they're cucumbers. This is a cuke. How many of you like cukes? Three people, it's the same three people who've been raising your hand the whole service. Everybody go. Three people like cucumber. Four, five. Wow, hands going up everywhere. Cukes, cucumbers. This is a cucumber. I love cucumbers. I love, I love the Greek salad with that, yeah, tzatziki. I wonder if you like that stuff. I love Mediterranean food and Greek salads and cucumbers are great. What happens to a cucumber when it's put in a vat of solution with a proper mixture uh, and you leave it there for a while? What happens? It becomes a pickle. Now these are Mount, Mount of Olive kosher pickles. These used to be yeah, they used to be cucumbers, but they're now, this is a picture of baptism, being clothed, and receiving power. It's the Holy Spirit on you, in you, permeating your entire being. It's not just receiving a splash. Come on, somebody say, pickle me, Jesus. Now, they were supposed to stay in, in Jerusalem. You know, I, I, need to, I need to go here with this for a second. When you receive Jesus, he, he grants you the glorious gift of repentance. And if you haven't repented, again, I'm going to give you an opportunity by the end of the service. You ask him to forgive you and to, to come into your heart to be your Lord, to be your Savior. You believe that he died in your place. And you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved, right? So you get born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. But that's not being pickled. There's a separate work of the Spirit where you become a pickle. And that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not agreed on by everybody, but I can certainly argue it well. I'm not going to take a whole bunch of time to do it. But it's fascinating that the Apostle Paul would meet some believers who he thought to be believers in Jesus in Ephesus. And the first thing he says to them, he says, have you received the Spirit since you believed? Now, that'd be a crazy thing to ask somebody if you find out they're a believer and the first thing you say is, hey, do you receive the Spirit? They'd be like, what? I haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And he finds out, oh, they baptized in the John's baptism. Then, then they get saved. They receive Jesus as their Messiah. And then they get baptized in the Spirit. You'll see a separate work of the Spirit. It's pickling. Now, there's some instructions here in the text. They were to stay in Jerusalem. They have their particular instructions from the Lord. In 1 Corinthians, it says there was 500 people that saw him ascend, but there's only 120 in the upper room. What happened to the 380 people? I don't know. I don't know what happened, but they weren't there. 120 are filled. Now, there's, there's some thoughts that I had towards that. It's a, it's a little ways since he's been crucified. It's about 50 days. Not about. It is 50 days since the resurrection. Pentecost comes. It's, the, the, the death and resurrection of the Lord happened right at the time of Passover. 
All of that's amazingly profound with types and shadows of the Old Testament. God's lamb, the lamb of God. Each household would have to take a lamb and kill it for their household. And the blood would be upon their doorposts and lentils. It's, it's, it's the celebration of the, path, the death angel passing over from Egypt. So when Jesus is crucified on Passover, God's one and only lamb, God, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, that happened at the exact time they're killing all the lambs. It's, it's a fulfillment of the prophetic type and shadow in the Old Testament right there, out of Exodus. So, so then it's 50 days later. He appears to people over 40 days, but 50 days later is Pentecost. I think some people weren't there because they got distracted. Maybe they got discouraged. Maybe they didn't have the money to stay in town. You ever taken a vacation? It's like, it's time to go home and work. I mean, we don't really know why they weren't there, but they weren't. But one of the instructions is they, they had to stay in Jerusalem. And they, they stayed in the temple, praising God. Some theologians say that the baptism of the Spirit took place actually in the temple. The purpose was for power. What was the purpose of the baptism? Power. So they could advance God's kingdom and to be a witness. Demonstrating God's power. You see, you might say, Pastor, I can't really talk all that good. Well, that doesn't matter. You might be able to talk a blue streak. Some of you talk too much. The point is, is that in your life, there's power. I've, I, come on, where there's many words, sin is not absent. So, you know, the tongue is one of the most unruly members of your body. If you can learn to control that, you'll be doing well. Jesus, help us. So when God pours out his spirit upon us, he gives us power. Why? To witness. What, what does that look like? It looks like a life that gives God glory. So that when people see your life, they see the way you respond. They see you turn the other cheek. They see you suffering under maybe persecution or some challenge. And you keep smiling. You keep joyful. You keep moving forward. Come on, St. Augustine said it this way. Preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. I do believe that, but you should also use words at the same time. You and I are called to be those who release God's power in the earth. To release God's power. To be witnesses. God's speaking to us very simply this morning. It's a dark world, and we need power. We need power. As a church, we want to, people to experience life with power. We are a spirit-filled church, a spirit-sensitive church. What do you mean a spirit-sensitive church? We love the body of Christ, and as long as nobody's destroying the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then, then it's wonderful. No matter what happens, they preach, gospel, they preach the gospel, share the word, don't destroy the Godhead, thumbs up. We love you, praise the Lord. Start destroying the Godhead, start saying that Jesus is Satan's brother, we're going to have a problem. Start saying you have to have some special glasses. We're going to have issues. Because theology has to be true. It has to be right. And there is a modern movement. It's really not all that new. It's 20 plus years old called the, the, the seeker-friendly model. And what that means basically is you don't want to have church in such a way that people feel like they actually had some church. That You don't want anybody to feel offended. You want everything to be right. And, and, and not to have any religious words. And just... just just don't stump on any toes. And there's a lot of political correctness about that. And I'm not shaming that. I think that's great as long as God's led them to do that. Great. He's not led us that way. That's not how we are. 
No, I'm going to offend you as much as I can. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But Jesus, sort of, but Jesus spoke words that offended. He spoke words that offended us. And, and listen, if you've got something in your life that's going to kill you, wouldn't it be awesome if somebody said, hey, you should stop that? Blessed is the obstacle that comes in the way of a man on a road to destruction. Praise God for somebody who will rebuke you, who tell you, you know, you, you need some help. Praise God for somebody to tell you you got lipstick on your teeth, ladies, right? You know what I'm talking about? Spiritually, if you have things in your life that need to be corrected or changed, now don't walk around as a fourth part of the Trinity trying to correct everybody. But we love the power of the Holy Spirit and believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and they don't happen just in a back room. They'll happen there. They happen here also. They will happen here as well. God is pouring out His Spirit, and we're excited about it. We're a, we're a spirit-sensitive church, and we're going to remain that way. And I'm, I'm not talking about drumming something up and fabricating things and emotionalism. You know, I, I, there's an illustration I used in the first service, and it's this. If Susie put her finger in 223 phase, she would have a particular response. That, it, it's, that's probably too much power. Uh, maybe 110. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not an electrician. Something just to sort of zap you. You'd have one response. If Bobby did that, he'd have another response. And if Johnny did that, he'd have another one. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes, people respond differently. It's okay. It really is. And we're okay with that, with God touching people and healing people. I want God to touch you today. One touch from God, it'll be more than any words that I can tell you, although His word does go forth and it doesn't return void. But there's a different response. People respond differently. I, I shared also the illustration of a sister we know is becoming a police officer, got some training up in Fairbanks, and apparently everybody's got to get tased. If you're going to become a police officer, a state trooper, you have to feel the tasing. And I don't mean the cute little ones that just sort of get you, you know, and then you, I'm talking about the launching prongs that go into your chest, you know, and then tase you. I'm talking about those. And so this, this beloved sister of ours, she, a friend of ours, she, uh, she went, she was telling us the story and she says, yeah, I got nicknamed goat. I said, what happened? She goes, well, everybody responds differently. And uh, I had a unique response. I'm like, tell me what happened. It's like, well, you stand there, and they come up to you, and poof, and they launch it, and they hit you. And when I got tased, I was all, <laughs> and they called her goat. Not everybody went, <laughs> but she did. If you can't tie that into what I'm preaching, just enjoy it as an isolated whole. Okay? We want the Holy Spirit to manifest. We want God to come. Listen, the success of the Apostle Paul, the reason they were able to take the known world and turn it right side up is because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't teach demons. You can't teach demons. Listen, I don't know if you've ever come face to face with somebody that's addicted to opioids and hooked on meth. There is a very clear demonic power that's in operation there, and it needs to be forcefully evicted. And that takes power. And God has given us power. But so many people shrink back and don't, they don't want to turn on the lights. They, they don't want to flow in power. They're ashamed. They're, they're afraid. It reminds me of a story that comes from dear old Mother Ireland. We back. When electricity was invented, there was a lady out on the moors. And she wanted to have power. 
Her husband had passed and left her some money, so she called and she got the electric company to run a line out to her house. And they came and they installed it. And she got a little light she could turn on and off. About a month goes by and the electric company realized that there's no power on the meter, so she's not using any wattage. So they sent out the young man to check on the lady's house to see what the problem was with her new electricity. So she got there, he got there, and he knocked. She opened the door. Hello! He says, oh, ma'am, we've noticed that you haven't been using any electric. He says, oh, no, it works just fine. He says, well, we don't see any wattage being used. She says, oh, no, I use it every day. I turn it on just for a little while so I can light my lantern. <laughs> That's like the church. You've got power to heal the sick, set the captives free, raise the dead. You have power over darkness, infirmity. Does these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. What I love about Jesus is if it's lost, he can find it. If it's broken, he can fix it. If it needs to be healed, he can heal it. But he's looking for somebody that will walk in power. Experience life with people, power. We want the gifts to work through us, all of the gifts. There's like 21. Somebody said there's only nine. No, there's a lot more than nine. You see Romans in different places. I want all the spirit, all of the, the gifts of the spirit to operate. Come on, somebody say amen. We recognize the Holy Spirit is free to operate as we worship the Lord. The context of this is they're worshiping at the temple. They're worshiping. And we're worshiping God. Like anything can happen when we're worshiping. Raise your expectancy level. This is, these are biblical ideas I'm giving you. Emphasize prayer because the Holy Spirit helps us pray. And prayer is used. Listen closely now. Prayer is used by the Holy Spirit to release God's power in the world. Prayer is the mechanism. Say that with me. Prayer is the mechanism that the Holy Spirit uses to fulfill the purposes of God. The promises of God are the basis by which we pray. Go ahead and tweet that. If you understand God's promise, you can take that thing and use it like a hammer to break the rock to pieces. You get the promise of God over your family, over your life, over your finances, over your physical body, over that situation that you're facing, and you pray the promise of God. You pray, Lord, you said. And you'll watch God move in power. But prayer is a mechanism that he's chosen. And we need to individually experience God's power by being filled with the Spirit. Be hungry. Everybody say, be hungry. Now, has anybody ever gone to the Golden Corral? That's that same 15 people raising their hands right there. You go to the Golden Corral, we call it the Golden Trough. <laughs> Here you go there. You know, if you don't have an appetite and you go to the Golden Corral, I mean, what good is it? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're hungry, how many of you like eating when you're hungry? When you're full, you don't really eat that much. If you'll allow yourself to, to cultivate a hunger for God and His Word and His presence and His power, He will come and He'll satisfy you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be, they shall be filled. And if you're not hungry, listen, the soul, nefesh is the Greek word, it's, it's another word for thirsty. You're actually thirsty. The DNA of who you are in God longs for the supernatural. 
That's why entertainment industries exploded because kids longed to see supernatural stuff. And the church has been rocked to sleep in the arms of the enemy, diminishing the, the power of God has been diminished because it would not offend anybody. I had somebody critique me recently in my preaching. They said, you preach just too hard. You know, it's just, you know, when you get political, we get, I'm just saying, I get political. I'm not afraid of doing it. Yeah, abortion's wrong. Same-sex marriage's wrong. I think smoking dope is wrong. There's medicinal purposes. I understand that. Another message. I'm working on it. I'm going to big take a big old pot leaf. I'm going to advertise it all over. I, I am going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to advertise it everywhere, and then we're going to have armed guards and everything, and it's going to be amazing, and then I'm going to preach on, on, on intoxication. Listen, if you've got back pain and you get pain meds to help you, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then if you end up getting addicted and you stay on those things, you, you know, the thing is that many times they're, they're prescribing stuff that, that, that's easily to get addicted on. You have to watch out. Anyway, I'm fixing to light that up soon. So I had somebody tell me, you're way too political. You're polarizing people. And I don't want to polarize people. I don't want to talk about Democrats and Republicans. I, I don't want to do that. If you read through party platform, just saying. If you read through the party platform as a spirit-filled believer of, in the Word of God, and then you're going to be held accountable before God for how you vote and what you believe in. Read the party platforms, and you're going to have some serious decisions to make hello right so based on that I mean praise God for the 501c3 I'm going to tithe whether they have it whether we have it or not they take most countries don't have tax exemption for giving they just give anyway since we have people that are running for office here's what I tell my people you vote the issues. So, you know, when you're out there and they're shaking hands with you and stuff, feel free to ask them the hard questions. You know, why would we vote for you as mayor? I'm, I'm just saying rhetorically. Why would we vote for you? The, the church here represents, there's, there's thousands of people. So, a lot of politicians have dismissed the church. I'm going to tell you that it's not just thousands of people. It's not just his church. If the body of Christ would really become, man, I might preach. I'm going to get myself in trouble right now. You really become the ecclesia. You really become a people called out that stand for the kingdom of God. And then you vote that way. It's not red and yellow, black and white. You vote because somebody's yellow-skinned or native, or you vote because they're black. That's nonsense. You vote, you vote the issues. All of us are red on the inside. You vote the issues. And as the church grows, listen, in, in Korea, what time is it? Oh, good. I've got like five minutes and I'm done. In Korea, a war-torn nation became a, it was a Buddhist nation. It became a Christian nation. And when the church votes in Korea, that is how it happened. That's pretty militant, Pastor. I'm watering it down a little bit. I don't want to freak you out. I'm just telling you, the ecclesia is supposed, when we vote, when we decree, when we pray, that's what should happen in the earth. That's God's plan. We're, 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 in, a, we're an embassy. 
Listen, if you go to an embassy in a third world nation and, and they're all around the embassy, maybe they're, they're, they're war-torn and they're having difficulties, walk into the embassy and you're on U.S. soil. And I promise you they have Heinz ketchup. They got Tabasco sauce. They got everything you want to put up on your eggs. They have steak. Come on, they've got your ramen noodles. They got everything you want up in that embassy. And that's a picture of what the church is. The church is supposed to be a lighthouse. The church is supposed to be a place where the power of God is put on display. Now, put in some back room I'm not gonna shrink back I'm not gonna quit we'll plant churches we'll preach pray and prophesy and lay hands on the sick we need the power of God come on this opioid epidemic needs to end we need a massive revival we need an awakening we need a reformation come on somebody say hallelujah that's what we need we need people that'll stand on God's Word unashamed unabashed and say this is what it says you don't like it that's okay. It's not about a popularity contest. It's about righteousness and truth and joy in the Holy Ghost. Put your hands together for God. Come on. Yeah. All right. You may be seated. I'm almost done. Almost. Be hungry. Everybody say be hungry. Two, praise and worship the Lord. You need the Holy Spirit. Be hungry. Praise and worship the Lord. Three, receive the Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you. Ask Him to fill you in your home, in your car. Ask Him to fill you. Be open to the Holy Spirit manifesting Himself in your life in this way. Be open to the Holy Spirit doing what He wants to do in your life. Come on, if your life belongs to Him and you've been purchased with a price, then, then He can do whatever He wants. Now, He's a gentleman. He's not going to embarrass you. Well, let me say it this way. <laughs> and I say that because I have lots of stories where it's a little humbling. He'll humble you. He has no problem humbling you. The pastor who, who goes to Brownsville Assembly years ago and made fun of them shaking and hollering. Listen, if you don't understand what's happening here, don't you put your mouth against it. That's a dangerous thing. And he was like all that shaking, all that crying. I can shake, I can shake. Him and all his board members sitting in the van, the church van, in the parking lot at Brownville Assemblies of God back in the early 90s. Oh, I can shake, I can shake. Look at me shake, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. And then all of a sudden his eyes shoot wide open. He's all, ah! And he opens the door and falls out of the van on the concrete. On his knees, all the board members looking. And he weeps in repentance. I'm so sorry, God. I'm so sorry, God. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. And he repents. And then he shook for like a week. Listen, it's not a little bit of religion that we don't, we don't need any more religion. We need the power of God. We need, we need the real manifestation of the dunamis of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Ask Him to manifest in your life. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you. The initial sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is tongues. You say, I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't really understand it all that much either, but I do know some things in Scripture that might help you. At Babel, the Word says... If mankind being united to their language, it's nothing that'll be impossible for them, and they were united for evil. And I've preached on it before. Let's go down and confuse their language. And, and, and they confuse their language. So now when the, the, the church is birthed, 
He releases a unifying language of the Spirit. Ephesians says the Spirit prays through you. Mysteries. Tongues. Tongues are, of course, other languages, known languages, but they're also unknown languages. The language of the Spirit praying through you. I'm telling you right now, you need to be filled You need to be pickled. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Come on, just ask God to begin to fill you. And I, I, I said I would do it, and I'm going to. I don't ever close a service without saying this. Oh, the last. Go to operate in the gifts he's given you and seek for more gifts. That's the final note. If you're here and you're not right with God, you're here and you don't know if this was your last day that you would go to heaven. If, if you've never repented and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do not leave this place in that condition. There really is a place called hell. It wasn't created for you. But God came. For God so loved the world that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. There is a perishing. If you're not right with God all across this place, intercessors praying you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time and make a recommitment to him because you drifted if that's you all across this place if that's you on the count of three you want to get right with God lift your hand one two three do it right now God bless you 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 praise God God bless you I see that hand God bless you thank you <laughs> God bless you I see that hand thank you God bless you. Woo, hands going up. All right, we're going to do it this way. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you. I never want to embarrass anybody. But Jesus said, if you deny him before people, he'll deny you. I never want to embarrass anyone. But as soon as Minister Micah begins to sing, if you raised your hand or you didn't, you want to be included in this prayer. Listen, service is almost over. Just a few more moments and we're done. You raised your hand or you didn't, you know you need to give your heart to Jesus. Quickly come. Quickly come right now. Oh, come to There's others coming with you. The altar, the Father's arms are come on, come. Come on, come. Come on, come. Come, come. Come on, put your hands together for thee. The yeah. Oh, come to the altar. Oh, come to the altar. Whether you came and you didn't, pray this prayer. Pray this prayer right out loud. And as you do, every sin that you've ever committed is going to be wiped out. The Bible says it's thrown as east is from the west. Put in the sea of forgetfulness, the Bible says. Every sin? Yep. Every single one. You ever lied before? Yes. You stolen? Yes. We've all broken the Ten Commandments, every one of them. Come on, pray this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to come in my place and die and rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and be my Lord. 
Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill. Touch. Break every chain. Break every bondage. And baptize these afresh. Clothe them with power. Fill them. Pickle them. In the name of Jesus. This is Pastor Vince. Pastor Vince, would you lead this marvelous group right down the center aisle? Can you just come? We'll take a few minutes of your time. We've got a gift for you. Put your hands together for them. Come on. Come to the altar the Father's arms are Come on, lift your voice. Precious blood. The precious blood of oh, Jesus come. Christ. So come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You don't want to miss tonight. We'll be preaching. It's a different message going to be powerful. You don't want to miss that. If you're able to come, come. Sunday night's just amazing. Family night. Wednesday night, God continues to do great things here. We're so glad you've come. Let me just bless you, and let me ask that God would fill you. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, ask Him to fill you now. Listen, if somebody would say you could have any amount of money you want, would you be like, Be like, oh yeah, I'll take that. I'm gonna be like, I'll say, say, I'll take that. I want every gift that God has for me, and I think you do too. Lift your hands as just a sign of surrender. And if you're not comfortable doing that, then you don't have to. Take whatever posture you want just to open up your heart. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray now. We're asking that you would fill us, that you would pickle us, that you would fill us full of your spirit in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. Now, come on, just begin to worship him. Just thank him in your own way. Just thank him. Oh, thank you, God. We give you praise. Thank you for saving. Thank you for delivering. Come on, just lift your voice and thank him. You'd be dead without him. Come on, thank him. He's had mercy on you. Thank you, God. We give you praise. We give you glory. Right now, be filled, I pray, in Jesus' name. Be filled. Be clothed with power in the name of Jesus. Every bondage go. Discouragement go. Clothe your people with power right now. We thank you. We praise you for it in Jesus' name.